and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, and that's Badass Wood Art. Remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at thatsbadasswoodart.com. And while you're here, like and subscribe. We're doing a giveaway at 3,000 subscribers, a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. So uh, hit that like and subscribe button and be sure to be entered. So today we're joined by the clickbait officer, <laughs> executive producer, a man of many titles. It's Declan Goff of Score North. How are you this evening? Boys, I'm doing good. Um, I, I was explaining you off the mic, the mustache. So the mustache <laughs> officer is um, unofficial right now. We, okay. were both, we were both chatting about like, what, what's the state of like, pedophile mustaches right is it is it as, as the has the mustache jumped the shark of like no that's fine and is it actually the goatee that has kind of become the you no know, number one draft pick if you will of of questionable of facial of creepy yeah yes so yes. luckily uh that is not the case i'm just rocking the stash and we'll we'll see how much uh how much longer i keep it i think you should keep it for a while i think it i i told you on instagram i was like gives me ted ted lasso vibes like can see it there's a confidence about it well, hold on, hold on. He, he, he doesn't have a lasso stash i mean let, let's let's be real here hey he's got a potential he's got to grow it out a little bit more get a little thicker yeah but you're, you're well on your way you're, i'm getting there well yeah. i'm getting there i'll try i would like i would like i love the lasso positivity so I'll, I'll do my absolute best there there you go Just hit the sign on your way out believe and we'll be good um wanted to bring you on i i was talking to ryan before you hopped on i don't think I know you did a recording for us, but I think this is your first time on our show. Um, so welcome, and let's talk about the Vikings. The yeah, man. That, that you talk about the most. Um, there was news that kind of, it's not news, but speculation today about the Vikings potentially being a dark horse in trading up to the number three overall pick. Uh, <laughs> Which seems yeah. ridiculous, obviously. I mean, and in, in this was, who, who put but, that out again? Josh Norris. Josh Norris. Um, so what do you think, Declan? Do you, like, are you are you somebody that's like, let's swing for the fences like the Timberwolves did with Gobert and uh, <laughs> see how that works? Or are you more of like, let's see who falls and then kind of make a move? Because if they go that, that high, it's quarterback or bust. So actually, I, uh, if it's on the Gobert factor, well, who's the sucker that can give the Vikings like four first round picks for Kirk Cousins? That's what I would be more interested. I'd be more, much more interested in offloading it if uh, someone wants to be the, if Kirk Cousins can be the Rudy Gobert for another team uh, to get four guys. Uh, so number three is aggressive. Um, I've seen some, and, and we've done some mocks or some you know ideas from others that had them going up to maybe nine or ten. And even if maybe one of these quarterbacks like Will Levis gets to 16 or 17, you know, going up five spots is a lot more doable and achievable than going up into the top 10, let alone the top three. Um, so I'm full disclosure. I am not a mock draft, like expert guy. I find that entire industry fascinating. Like what Thor and what <laughs> Tyler and Schefter and all these guys do with, with, draft film and and prospects uh i think it's incredible because i just don't know as much as we are all sports nuts and we love talking about sports i don't know if i have the physical capacity to like break down 
some guy from Tulane State and if his speed <laughs> or his RAS score is going to translate to NFL ability. I love that. I'm wrong a lot about just normal things, so I'm not going to dip my toe into the water <laughs> of, of like NFL prospect. You uh, know what's ranking. beautiful about it, though, Declan, is they're wrong a lot, too. Yes. I'm wrong a lot. Everyone's wrong a lot. It's just a guessing <laughs> game. It's a complete crapshoot. It really is. Uh, so uh, up to number three would be what? Probably, obviously, you're, you're, you're swapping this first-round pick. I would assume the next two future first round picks. So 24 through 25, right? Probably at the mm-hmm. very least. I th- well, I think Thor, uh, you had mentioned Thor earlier. He put out a tweet earlier today, I think. Yeah. He, and what it would roughly cost. So again, when you look at like draft pick, like charts or whatever, right? So to get up to number three, that's worth 2,200 points, right? Yep just our first pick and our third round pick so 87 is about 915 so he estimates that you need to do both of those plus the next two first round picks which is heavy you can maybe get away with daniel hunter or something like that in in there but i don't see why the cardinals would do that because they're clearly in rebuild mode so hunter doesn't really do much for you um so yeah you're looking at multiple first round picks there uh three first round picks and a third that's a lot so where i'm at with this because last year the vikings basically ran back their roster and then also had little to no contributions from last year's rookie class um akilab evans showed some flashes brian osamoa showed flashes but Obviously, Lewis seen had the injury. Andrew Booth was off the field for the most part. They achieved 13 wins with running it back. And, you know, as much as fun as that was last season and the fourth quarter comebacks and whatnot, probably not achievable that you can continuing, you know, run it back. And they've kind of shown in this offseason that they want to cut bait on these veterans and and kind of start making their own roster, if you will. So I don't think Quasey, if he does a trade up to number three, I, I would be pretty shocked. As much as someone who loves to, you know, from the Wall Street background and buy stocks and whatnot, I think he'd be much more interested in moving up a few spots, trying to figure out what he wants to do there instead of giving up three future first round picks, basically, to find their next quarterback. And as much as even I've consumed all these draft and mock experts, it doesn't seem like none of these quarterbacks like can't miss. They're not Andrew Luck status. They're not Burrow. They're not Herbert. Um, they're not previous quarterbacks that when they were mostly going to be perennial top five picks that they were also can't miss prospects. Teams are always desperate for quarterbacks. So guys like CJ Stroud, you know, are now viewed as a potential number one overall pick. Like a CJ Stroud as good of a prospect as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert was probably not, but because it's the draft and quarterbacks are always needed, you know, the supply is going to, or the demand is going to be even higher. So mm-hmm. I'm probably, I'm probably out. I'm probably out on that. I'm much rather than probably yeah. keep the 23rd overall pick or explore other options. So let me float something by you, because this is something we've talked off camera about, but I, I, you know, it's all about figuring out the future. And so would you entertain a trade back from 23 where you get another first? So you're trading, I mean, you're trading back pretty far to get a 24 first, and then you have the ammo to move up four guys who are more can't miss prospects in Caleb Williams and Drake, or is it Drake May? Yeah, Drake May. Uh, in in 2024 yeah i'd be i would be much more interested in stockpiling assets that if things don't go according to plan next year record wise right like the vikings just never ever tank and they're never near a top five pick what i mean they've been in the top 10 twice in like the last 12 years essentially like outside of the matt khalil pick i forget if anthony barr was like i think he was nine was nine right so they are never 
like a perennial top five pick team. Um, now, like the Colts, who never picked in the top, you know, near the top of the draft when they had the Peyton Manning era, were so bad they get Andrew Luck. Um, you could say it still worked out for them, even though Luck retired early. Uh, they have never been a team like that. So I would rather them probably be a team that if they don't, you know, injuries happen and they only win five or six games or seven games, you know, they're, they're slotted somewhere between, you know, 10 and 18. If they had a future asset that they acquired in this year's draft to then move up. Yes. I, I would be much more interested in that. I'm, and I'm also interested to be honest uh, in obtaining some type of second round pick this year. It doesn't involve you trading in to the second round. Right. And, and the most logical step for that would be, you trading out of 23 and probably acquiring a day two pick in round two for this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really going back to, you know, potentially trading up. There's only two players I would do that for. Okay. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. I'm actually more of a CJ Stroud guy, but to your point, I mean, you, you lose out first round picks until 2026, right? I mean, cause it'd be 2024. No. Yeah. 2024, 2025. That's just that's hard to stomach. Now, is it worth it to have the QB of the future? You know, potential QB one, right? I I think CJ Stroud can be that guy. I don't know if, if he will be, but I think he can be. Uh, but the hard part is it's a guessing game. So you have to really trust your coaches to develop this kid. He's young. He's clearly got a good arm. He's very accurate. He can move around a little. So is he worth that? All of that? That I can't answer for you. But I, I'd, I think there's know, another I've, element I've, I've to this, though. S- what do you say? There's another element to this that that well, that if, if the Vikings are that aggressive in moving up for a quarterback at three, like I think that I think that really frustrates Kirk Cousins in his camp. Like we know that he got allegedly upset from the Kellen Mond pick, and. I think he'd be fine if they took a quarterback at, you know, 23 where they're at, or maybe moved up a little bit, but going up to three to, to draft a guy. I, I just don't know if that that'll sit well with Kirk cousins, which then, he's gone after a year anyway. So who cares? What, like, I mean, worst case scenario, you have a guy who's unhappy for one year, best case or actually worst case scenario is you have to cut him. Like he just won't play for you and you just have to cut him because he won't waive a no trade cause that would obviously be the worst case scenario, but you, you know, hopefully he'd be, ex, you know, amendable to a trade and maybe we can get a little compensation back. Yeah. I, I think the writing on the wall, of this is the last year of Kirk. Um, and it's no secret how, you know, Mackie Judd and myself have obviously felt, I think we're all, we're all different in our level of belief or, or, um, you know, criticizing level of sure. Kirk cousins. But Where's your I, level? I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, I thought last year he changed a lot of his perception and narrative. I really did. But then the issue was he throws that check down on fourth down in the last play of the game, and it's just like all the good that he made was wiped away to classic Kirk. Like he just re-roboted and defaulted back to old Kirk, which was like if he throws an incompletion to Jefferson or just – you know, throw something in the middle of the field that's picked or just nowhere near someone. I'd rather him do that than take that check down. Um, but I, I, I'm ready to move on. Like I'm ready for them to try again at, at, at a first round pick for a quarterback um, here pretty soon. Um, and if it's this year in the draft, I could be in, I could be talked into it again, though. I just, I don't think it's worth going up the multiple spots. If someone like Levis is there at 16, 17, different story. I could probably be talked into that a little bit more. 
Um, but I, I'm ready personally to, to just move on from the Kirk Cousins era. You got to find someone else. It hasn't worked. Um, and just try again something else with a different quarterback. Well, Kirk, I think, kind of kind of knows the writings on the wall. I mean, we had Doogie on our show you know, probably about a month ago now, and, and one thing he was talking about a lot was that moment at, the, was it the Affinity Bank or whatever? He held like a charity oh, yeah. event, and he just seemed really – you know, sentimental about his time here, but like visibly almost distraught's probably too harsh of a word, but you know, you could, you could see that he knows the end is near um, yeah. and kind of appreciating that kind of stuff. Um, go, Going back to uh, on your guys' show, uh, some of the reckless, reckless speculation that you guys have um, was some of the 49ers talk. Now, granted, mm-hmm. let's, let's say that Kirk's still here. We don't actually trade, uh, him over to the 49ers but maybe they need a guy to put him over the top you know they have Nick Bosa but they they don't really have somebody on the other side of them so let's say they're interested in Daniel Hunter to try to get them over to that that uh, Super Bowl um, and they're willing to give us Trey Lance is that a route that you would maybe even prefer um, where maybe we can do a one-for-one trade there now we have a little bit of a gap at edge but you know take 23 trade back still right and 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 you know kind of stockpile and still maybe get your young qb of the future because we've uh alluded to the, on this show before lance is actually younger than levis and uh and uh hendon hooker right some of the quarterbacks that have been linked to us so you still have a nice young kid a lot of potential and and hopefully you can mold him for a year um, which hopefully he doesn't need that much more molding, but you have him for a year under Kirk uh, and to learn the offense that Kevin O'Connell implements. So I think between Mackie Judd and myself, I have been the biggest uh, one that's been just out on Trey Lance. I He does nothing for me. Um, he has have you seen his hairline, by the way? No, is it bad? Is it receding? <laughs> well, is it there's a picture worse? today. It's It's not great. Ugh, that's too bad. As someone with really good hair, you know, that's that's like my I, I'm dead serious when I say this, and I mean it to no fault of anyone else. So when I say it, it offends some people. Balding is like a le- when people say, What are you scared of? Balding is a legit fear of mine. I don't have like <laughs> too many dominant genes that suggest it's gonna happen. My dad was bald, but like my mom's hairline is great, my grandfather's hairline was great, my siblings all have good hair, but like a legit fear of mine is balding. Like it's an achievable fear that could happen to you. So luckily. It hasn't happened yet. 10,000 bucks, you can ensure it never happens. That's true. And I would probably <laughs> do hair implants and not tell anyone that that, that it's hair implants. Uh, so I, I'm out on Trey Lance for a few reasons. Number one, I, I don't buy the North Dakota State thing. Uh, I, I'm not a fan as much as I'm not a huge college football and prospect like scouter. Um, playing up there, even though they're dominant, I, I think competition matters. And he also just hasn't played a lot of football games since COVID. Like has has he maybe played like ten quarters of football since he left NDSU or since the pandemic? I've I've told Mackie and Judd and and both of them are coming off very significant injuries. Obviously Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. I'm interested in Brock Purdy. Give me Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is the more surefire thing there. And if they're willing to play ball, I'd much rather them take Purdy off our hands or per, take Purdy off their hands than you take a chance on him. One's coming off an ankle injury. One's coming off this kind of unique Tommy John syndrome where it's not the same where it's, I think, a full tear and he's rehabbing and, you know, pitchers have come back quicker on this style of Tommy John than traditional style of Tommy John where it's a full tear. That guy looked a hell of a lot better than Trey Lance ever has. And I understand Shanahan's system is is made for basically any quarterback to step in and look somewhat competent. 
But also, if if you're only going to try this for three years, right? So Trey Lance has burned two years of his rookie contract. Yeah. So you get two more years and then plus a fifth-year option if you want to pick it up. But it's going to be very expensive, right? Because he was a second overall pick. Well, why don't you just take the same amount and give it to the guy who was the last pick in the draft, who is even cheaper. And if it doesn't work and he's hurt or he's never the same guy, you cut bait and you don't lose anything. Uh, I'm much more in the camp. If you're going to, if you're going to finally figure out this trade for the 49ers and the Vikings, which purple daily has done countless episodes on that people love <laughs> to point out. Um, I would be much more interested in Brock Purdy. I want nothing to do with Trey Lance. Interesting. I do, I do think you bring up a good point though with the Shanahan system. And that's what scares me just about just in general, because anybody right. it seems can step in and, and look, look good, but man, I don't know. I think, when I sit there and think about Trey Lance and just like the, the dynamic ability he would provide at quarterback, I think that that for me is is intriguing enough to try and and see if there's something there. But to your point, Brock Brock Purdy did ball out last year, and I think they beat Philly if he stays healthy. Um, I think he was that good. I thought so too. I I thought if Ryan's if rolling healthy. his eyes at us, he he's not in on this. No, I'm I'm good. You I, I, you can keep Brock Purdy for. I, I, there's no chance I want Brock Purdy on this team. No offense to the to the take there, Declan. No, that's all good. Um, I mean, we're sick of Kirk Cousins, and you have Brock Purdy over here. Who's? I mean, again, I'm not gonna sit here and say that. Like, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a fine quarterback. Like, I don't think Brock Purdy's upside is any higher than what Kirk is at his peak. So, like, if Kirk's not good enough to get us over the hump. Brock Purdy is not going to be good enough unless we have surround him with an amazing team like he had in San Francisco. I don't think he was the reason they were winning games. And I do not think that they're going to beat the Eagles um, with, with him. Maybe, but I just don't think so. Um, granted, <laughs> what they had at quarterback was just pitiful. So, I mean, there there is a chance. But I just I, I think that he doesn't make his teammates better. He's okay running a system. I want a guy who can be dynamic and, and, and make plays and make people better. To your point, Trey Lance hasn't shown us he can do that at all. Um, so I, I don't think that might not necessarily be the right answer, but I like the upside that it provides. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he has a ways to go, I think, to be a, a competent NFL quarterback. So we'll see. Let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit because we can talk about Kirk Cousins in this quarterback fiasco until we find the quarterback of the future um but i want to get your thoughts declan on just the overarching vikings offseason thus far what have been your your main takeaways are you happy with it because i think as with news kind of like dying off and Mm -hmm. just kind of being that dead period i feel like fans maybe aren't as happy with how the offseason has gone they wanted to see maybe a little more free agent signings or obviously they haven't addressed the wide receiver position, but what are you thinking so far with two weeks to go to the draft? So, yeah, you know, this is the time of year where it gets a little quiet. Cause like the waves of free agency are now cooled off and you're a little less than two weeks from the draft. So things are kind of so quiet and teams are more focusing on that than looking at other waves of free agents. I I've, I've liked what they've done so far. I wouldn't say it's been like a home run or like they have been sneakily one of the best off seasons of the NFL. I think it's been middle of the pack and considering that they had like next to no cap space, how they were able to finagle this cap space by releasing veterans, kicking, you know, Kirk cousins void year down the, down the can and putting that in future seasons. You know, I, I, it's been fine. I think the, the highlight for me is it's not a player. I think, I think Brian Flores is the, is kind of the 
lead talker there of, of yeah. the best thing that they did this off season, right? Like Byron Murphy jr. Is a nice cornerback and you bought low on him. You didn't overpay for him. And maybe he fits and becomes a solid uh, key, uh, top cornerback for you. Obviously the Josh Norris signing people were just confused because it was the first big domino and he's a blocking tight end. And it's kind of like, that's going to be the first move you make, but it, it does make some sense, especially if the Vikings want to be more effective at running the football and just being a little bit more, you know, the illusion of complexity that KOC likes to talk about on mm-hmm. offense. And he kind of provides some of that. Um, but I, I think Flores is your main soccer here. Like that dude turned around a Dolphins team that was horrible, made them into one of the best defense in the league. Um, obviously, the things behind the scenes with him were rightfully justified. And then things ended probably prematurely than it should have in Miami. But that dude is younger. Um, he knows what he's doing with defenses. And I think obviously a lot of Vikings fans aren't asking the Vikings defense to return at the peak of Zimmer era where they were a perennial top 10 shutdown defense. They're asking for a league competent defense, right? I mean, they've been now 30th, 32nd, 31st in points allowed or something and been one of the worst defense in the NFL the last three years. Vikings fans are asking them to be 17th in points allowed and, you know, maybe 15th in yards and getting more sacks and creating more turnovers and whatnot. So can Flores do something? And even if it's just the stepping stone, right? Like if Flores, which is probably what he's doing, I know his press conference said he's not thinking about it, but like if this is a leverage job for him to get a head coaching gig by a year from now, that's fine. Uh, Cause I want to see him try to turn around this defense and Kwesi kind of giving his input on it. Uh, I think that's, that's been fine. Like if, if you're asking me to give me a grade, I think it's been like a B minus. I think it's been, it's been above average work. It certainly isn't like extraordinary work, but given what they had for their circumstances, I think they've done a pretty solid job. That's that's a good summary to me. I, I can't, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. I I I feel very similar to that, but uh, wanted to get your thoughts on it. You you mentioned Brian Flores um, in in just like getting the Vikings defense to just a level of competency. Is there something that in the draft that you're looking for us to maybe look or like try and do? um to get to that like are are you a are you a first round corner type of guy um I know you said you're not a draft expert but you have feelings about where yeah. where, where the team should go so I, I think Vikings fans will just lose their minds if it's corner because it's been like the seventh Mike corner that'll be taken in 10 years yeah he'll just be <laughs> chuckling from wherever he has on his ranch I'm sure um I would actually like to see them take a, a edge rusher or some type of pass rusher I think that's been something that they can try to build on here mm-hmm. um they are taking a, I think what, what's risky about what they've done this off season. And I don't, I don't fault them too much for this, but they are banking that outside of Byron Murphy jr. Who's been their top cornerback here, everyone else behind him defensive backs wise and excluding Harrison Smith are going to be rookies or second year players. And that is a big risk and a pass heavy type of NFL system that everyone is playing now that you're just going to rely on Andrew Booth and a Caleb Evans and a, maybe another rookie cornerback or, you know, um, another safety that can step in here or, or whoever it is basically that can say, yeah, they're going to be just fine here. Like those are raw players that could be completely exposed. Right. Um, I think of kind of towards the Leslie Frazier era where every team was picking apart the Vikings pass defense. Cause it was just terrible. Um, and maybe there is some diamonds in the rough, right? Like maybe Lewis seen that injury was catastrophic, but he bounces back and he was the player he was at Georgia. If Andrew Booth stays healthy, he should be really good. There's just a lot of ifs on the defensive backside. So how about you instead, instead of like taking another cornerback early, you find an edge rusher that can sack the cornerback, right? Like last year, their plan was because their defensive backs still weren't really good last year that can Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter get after the quarterback enough. And Zadarius in the first half was legitimately one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Daniel might have not had the like 
eye popping moments or, you know, even eye test wise looked as strong as he was, but he was still pretty dang good pressure wise. Can you find something of a two headed, three headed monster where you have the next Daniel Hunter, where you have another edge rusher that can be really good for you? I think that would be their best bet at making that defense a lot better overnight. Um, that's what I would like to see them do at the draft defensively. We'll see what they do offensively, but I think defensively, if they want to go a route, I would probably lean edge. That's what I would like to see them do. Yeah, I mean, we did bring in Marcus Davenport, uh, half half sack man himself from last year, yeah. but he he did get quite a few pressures, right? Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he can convert those to sacks. But um, yeah, I mean, especially if we move on from Zedarius, like that whole situation is just weird. Like I totally agree with you. Edge is definitely a priority need if we move on from him before the draft or if we plan to move on from him after the draft and, and that'll be a tall tale sign, right? Hey, we went and drafted your replacement. Um, but I, I do agree with you though, but I, I think from a different position, I think defense, a tackle, a, you know, a, a, a three, four D end, um, a yeah, three, four D end or a three tech, right? That's the position they would play in this, in this defense, uh, depending on what, what uh, look we're given the offense. But I think that would be something because the one thing quarterbacks hate the most is interior pressure. And we get zero of that. And the, the, the one person who could create that Dalvin Tomlinson's now gone. So where can we get that interior pressure? You know, Mozzie Smith, we've talked about him on this show, Keanu Benton, these guys are going to be able to get after the quarterback from the interior and, and create some havoc, making them have to go to the outsides where Davenport Hunter and, Smith would have an opportunity to, you know, get those sack numbers up. So that that's what I'd like to see, but you know, we'll see. Um, cornerback would be fine as well, but um, I know Matt, Matt's wanting that wide receiver round one, aren't you? I, I was until I was like told today that none of these guys are first round wide receivers yeah. ex- except, and I'm like, okay, like get out of here. I don't, I don't agree with that. I I'd still take them, especially maybe they're not top like 15 wide receivers, but where the Vikings are sitting, even in a potential like trade back, maybe to like late twenties, I would take a wide receiver there. In fact, I would take an edge too, because we're talking about premium positions that are, would have a five year deal like of team control. You you just don't get that. And so those are the, the corner edge quarterback and wide receiver. Any four of those, You'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find me upset after draft night if we got one of those positions. Just, Trade just back and get them. Just given, like, the cost control in, in the, the team control for, for five years there. On the defensive tackle part, I mean, yeah, that's – I feel like everyone, when the first round comes around, right, like they want the wide receiver or an edge yeah. rusher. They want the sexy thing where sometimes the surefire thing – is the offensive tackle like Christian Derrissaw or finding mm-hmm. a really good defensive tackle who might not get the sack numbers and get the get the all the, the glitter and glam, but he will clog up the middle of the lane. He'll make life yeah. a lot harder on on quarterbacks and running backs that are running through the A gap and stuff. So yeah, the defensive tackle does make sense. They really haven't had I mean, Peak Linball was obviously a monster and, and a great player for them. But previously to that, right? I mean, they all they had the Williams wall and there was a 15, 10 year run. Um, when I was like in middle school, high school, college, where the Viking, you couldn't run against the Vikings defense. You just couldn't. Yeah. Um, and over the last like four years, unfortunately, every team has basically been able to run up the middle against the Vikings defense. So like defensive tackle, absolutely. Like I, I, I wouldn't be too upset by that. I just think too many Vikings fans have PTSD with first round cornerbacks. 
And it just, it, it will just have them pulling out their heads. Whether And that could be them finding like a stud corner. It yeah. won't matter to them because it's just, it's been like the seventh time it's happened. Right. It's, it, back to the Williams wall, man, I swear there was like a, I'm going to get the game number wrong, but it was like 30 or it was a, a super long time where they didn't even allow a 100 yard rusher. I think like, they had the NFL record, right? Or at the time they had the NFL record. I think it was, wouldn't it was surprise like me 80, if it's still there. Yeah. With, with like from like 06 to 2010, I think they held nuts. the NFL record, man. Yeah. It was insane. They couldn't run against them. Man. I missed that. I missed, I missed that. Uh, I missed that Williams wall, but and it wasn't just the run block or the like run stuffing. Like Kevin Williams got after yeah the quarterback too, right? And that allowed you know Jared Allen and and Ray Edwards and Brian Robeson to to you know get their pressures and their sack numbers up too. Ray I mean, Edwards. Well, he hey he had a good year with us. <laughs> he had a good years. year with us. I know. I so know. like you know. Wonder how his boxing. Box, yeah, boxing going. didn't really work out. <laughs> boxing, well. yeah, can't say much about the boxing career, but yeah, I mean that—that's what I'm talking about, right? Though is you know we we talked about uh, the other show that we had a couple shows ago. We talked about Shamar Stefan and how he was Mister Fundamental or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying we need Mister Fundamental. I think we've had enough of those guys on the defensive line over the years. I think we need to find somebody who can be a star, be the next Chris Jones, be the next. Yeah. And I obviously Aaron Donald's a high bar to hit, but you know, be one of these guys that can truly be a disruptor on, in the interior. And so I think there's a couple of guys that could do that in Smith and Benton. Well, we yeah. got to oh, go ahead. And, and just, you know, to the point of those, those, that like wall that they had for a long time, like Vikings fans got spoiled. Like even, even post Williams right? Like Linval Joseph was a monster for them. And now finally for, basically the first time in like 20 years they teams have been running up against them and it's it's been a huge problem where at first it was like oh yeah you're not gonna run against the vikings good luck it won't happen uh but for the last few years it's it's been the been quite the opposite brutal, brutal. we'll find out here in a couple of weeks i'm sure the the rumors will continue to swirl um nobody will know for your sake i hope that they pick on the first round because um, i know you guys have an event and uh at at, at park tavern in st louis park and it probably wouldn't be very fun if they tried out of the first round. Dude, last year it was just freeze. I was we were freezing our asses off. Like and <laughs> and also like it was raining and it was windy. And at one point we had space heaters on me. My gloves almost caught on fire because I was putting my hand too close to a space heater. Like at least we're indoors this time. Like and uh, luckily we'll we'll be inside. But yes, uh, as much as we would love to be on for four hours, which we did last year. And the only thing that would be a pro trade up for me is like, okay, then it happens quick. We're not waiting like three hours for the pick. And then it just gets traded out to 32 and you're waiting for another 90 minutes. Well, so. then how exciting would that yeah. for you and the crowd be? Oh my God, we're at three and CJ Stroud and <laughs> yes. Bryce Young. We're looking at maybe one of these guys. That would be insane. Content right? wise, as much as I just crapped in that idea for like the first 10 minutes of this podcast, content wise, it would be a home run decision. It'd be the best possible outcome. Yeah. I think last year when you had your guys' show at Surly, I was there for because I used to live right next to there, and I was there for maybe the first 10, 12 picks, and I was like, no, I, yeah. I gotta, I gotta go. I don't blame as, you. As soon as that trade happened, I'm out. Good no luck, of, boys. No, and no, no offense, no offense taken uh, to, for leaving that from the, at the time. Luckily, so many awesome people stayed, and it was it was an it was crazy. It was a blast. But yes, I don't I don't blame you one bit. At least this time, we'll be uh, we'll be parked indoors, and and hopefully. I mean, I took the dog for like a three-mile walk outside today earlier this evening, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's it's warmer weather by the time the draft rolls around too. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for hopping on tonight. Yeah, um, man. I'm sure things will start to pick up. Uh, you got some twins that have lost a couple in a row and we'll see early, but who, but who cares? But we'll see, uh, in the wolves play in coming. So it's, it's going to be a chaotic couple weeks, but I, I appreciate you finding time and hopping on with us uh, for everybody listening. You can find us uh, on Wednesday at Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's supposed to be 78 degrees out, nice. and uh, we're doing a little monthly hangout there. And Alec Lewis of The Athletic will be joining us to talk more Vikings football. What's the team kind of planning? What's he hearing? Uh, we'll, we'll get all the scoops on Wednesday. So until next time, everybody, Skull Vikes.